Okay, moving on to the second segment of the night. This is The Missing Man. And mostly the, my point about this is that um, the it's basically how the recent event of a missing local community member place an opportunity to to be discussed of the Hummingbird Initiative and what other lessons were learned from this guy being missing. And um, the thing with it, with the way this guy's talking about it is that um, um, when, let's see, how was I going to say this? When he was, when he went missing, um, it was very out of character for this guy. And, um, and even on the radio, his public information is that his he was going to help his elderly mother um, bring some supplies back down to the house because the road was too muddy. When he was walking, um, I guess he earlier he he had a concussion basically, and his head hit a rock. Maybe um, he hit a hard surface or something like that. So. Um, and he's, you know, on the news, they say he's 54 years old, so he's not too old, but he's not too young. And, um, that, that hit to the head, I guess it messed with his, uh, memory and all that inside his head. And so where he was originally going to meet his mother, he forgot what it was he was going to do. So he ended up walking off and he's been living in this wooded area part of Clagato for you know all his life pretty much but he could not find his way back home and and lucky for him there was a dog that was with him that was following him around and at the times he went missing um it was really cold shit even i i slept with a blanket you know uh but um he was really cold but i guess he kept walking and walking and walking and he could not find his way back home. I guess he just could not find the road. And finally, um, I guess when everybody was looking for him, they saw his foot tracks all over the place. Everybody was getting tired. They couldn't find him for like, and it was like two and a half days, three days, pretty much. And, um, the, by the third night, I guess, um, his dog that was with him came running back to the house and everybody's look, they were like, look, he's probably back, you know, then, uh, then they were trying to catch the dog, but the dog took off and, you know, by the time they grabbed their jackets and stuff, cause it was cold, uh, the, the, the dog was gone. And then, um, then, uh, what was it happened? And then my, I think it was like 20 minutes later, that dog came running back and they were like, you know, they were hopeful he was still there. And so that's when they finally went out and they all searched again. And they finally, they finally, uh, see, those that went out to go look for him were still out there when he came walking back into the house. And that's when everybody called each other. Hey, he's back, you know. So that's how that uh, ended. So he had no rec recollection of what had happened to him. And, um. And that's where I was telling his family members, I said, you know what, you might want to go get a CAT scan because um, I'm pretty sure he he hit himself in the head somehow, whether it, like he tripped and fell or whether or not he he lost his balance or 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 what, you know, and the family says they were going to go do that. So, you know, that's or or no, no, no. The family said. Mm, I think they were going to recommend that or, or something anyways. So basically that's where 
that's how all that went down and that's why he was missing. So while that was going on, uh, the first night he was missing, I was thinking about, um, like, damn, if I only had that hummingbird initiative going, man, if I only had a drone, I could go up there and kind of search around the woods and, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's some drones that have, um, you know, I think, yeah, there is where they got the camera on their picture screen and, you know, you can talk to someone at a distance. So I think that would have been really helpful. And then, um, I did tell one of the family members afterwards, I said, you know, this is what I'm working on with the Clagato veterans, the nonprofit. I want to do this drone program where it goes around. And so far, everybody's talking about FF, was it FAA or FFA regulations about flying um, drones in the sky. Then there's the whole thing about, um, you know, uh, privacy. And I said, yeah, you know, I, I understand that. See, but I'm only one person trying to make this program become a reality. And everybody that I've been telling, they're just like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, go ahead, do it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I need some help, man. You know, I, I need someone to tell me or to do some research for me because I can't freaking do it all on my own. Uh, every time I try, I always get distracted or there's a new, another new problem that comes up. And I can't really, you know, dedicate my time to, you know, do research and do a task at the same time. I'm not that talented, you know. So anyways... Um, the other thing that we had talked about was, um, the fact that this guy was getting older and, um, oh, dementia could be a, a cause of what happened to him because up until that point, nobody really knew what was going on. Everybody could just speculate. And then I told my, uh, my, my brother who went out to go look for him, I told him, I said, you know, I just want to let you know, man. Um, oh, excuse me excuse me. Um, I told him, uh, expect the worst, but, um, I mean, I mean, what did I, what the hell did I tell him? Hope for the best, expect the worst. Basically I told him and he goes, yeah, I know. And for me, I was thinking if this guy cannot be found, maybe because, you know, we we couldn't hear what these, how the, how the search was going from where we, where we live. Cause these guys, they have no, you know, they really couldn't contact us. But anyways, uh, it's, um, I mean, we really couldn't get any updates, but I guess apparently, um, this guy was walking around and they were trying to call for him. I said, didn't, didn't you try to like yell or anything? They're like, yeah, but it was windy in that area. And especially with the trees blowing, all I can hear is that, that brush, that gust of wind that goes above the tree line. And then, and then one of the uh, females said, um, yeah, even I was, she was trying to yell for her husband, she was saying, and her husband was just like, you know, 50 yards away, but he couldn't hear her. And, um, and so that's where all that was, um, it was kind of making it seem like, cause since they couldn't get a hold of him, they kind of made it seem like he was possibly attacked by a, you know, wild animal. Cause where that guy lives was, a uh, there's bears, there's coyotes. I mean, I keep saying coyotes. There's bears, wolves, and mountain lions, cougars, you know. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, all that, I guess when they were searching for him, they found uh, some cougar tracks, you know, following this dude. And man, he's so lucky it didn't attack him, you know. And could have uh, 
dragged him away and they never would have saw him again or probably just found pieces of his clothes and stuff like that. But also it was kind of a good thing that nobody found like body parts or clothes belonging to him because then that showed that he was still intact. He was still in one piece and he was still alive. So, um, anyways, another thing that came out of this was, um, just kind of seeing how everybody was, uh, on, especially on Facebook, there were, you know, putting out the reports that this guy was missing and um, the the family wanted some help and they wanted to know if anybody had seen him. And the whole time that this, pretty much those three nights he was up there, um, I, I don't know if he drank any water. I don't know what he had to eat, but uh, these guys were saying he probably walked like 40 miles up and down that mountainous area, back and forth, trying to find his home and, you know, his, um, his brain, his memory was scrambled. And I was saying, maybe he had a stroke, you know, those are some things you need to, you know, see if you can tell the rest of the family, Hey man, see if you guys can uh, pitch in and take him to the clinic or, you know, get the medical transport over and, you know, get him, uh, x-rayed and make sure that, you know, he didn't have a stroke or didn't, um, what's that damn thing called? Doesn't have dementia, or um, that he's got early stages of, um, what's that crazy thing, Alzheimer's. You know, all these different factors. I was telling him, you know, not that I'm a medical professional or anything, but it's just kind of, you know, what I was taught just working as a home healthcare provider was to learn all this stuff. So what, what could be the causes of losing memory? And there's always like a high risk of uh, the elderly wandering off, just like anybody, you know, but I think theirs is more higher because, you know, they're, they're, they're more prone to losing their memory and just walking off and wandering around, you know? And, um, so, uh, the other thing that, you know, I was kind of, um, well, I guess that was kind of ex not expecting, but I was, what's that crazy damn word, man. I, I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't predicting it. I was assuming maybe, uh, let's just take that word assume. And, um, you know, there was, there would have been, um, black magic involved. So maybe that's what it also could have been too, you know, but I just, you know, I kept that to me and my mom. We just kind of talked about it, discussed it a little bit and say, yeah, that, you know, that does kind of show the signs of, um, black magic. But then again, you know, um, you know, we just kind of have to respect the family's privacy and just kind of let them handle it on their own unless, um, you know, they're asking for public help again, then uh, I guess we can go from there. So for me, I started thinking about, oh, uh, I told the family too. I said, you know, stuff like this, um, not, not to be the bearer of bad news, but, um, I did talk to the chapter house about possibly making handmade coffins over there at the, uh, the barn, there's a bunch of materials there. Then another one is, um, to have, um, headstones made. I say, yeah, this was a really close call, but just imagine how much you guys would, the disadvantage you guys would have been at if, you know, things had gotten worse and he, he was attacked by a wild animal and, or he froze to death, you know, I said, cause, um, things like that, when they happen, you know, you're, you're in shock, but you know, there's really no, no one that's prepared for dealing with funerals except the mortuaries, you know, and then everybody so far, uh, to the, 
many um, funerals that I've kind of helped out with or that I've heard about, it was always the cost, the cost of the funerals. Oh, and that's another thing I wanted to add was um, the last time I loaded up the podcast, episode 16, there was a a murder had happened in uh, Clagato. And as soon as I uploaded that podcast, um, I thought, okay, well, since this happened, I'll, I'll do that episode 17. I'll go ahead and jump on it and um, make sure that um, I, I bring it up to bring it up to snuff, you know, and bring it up to date. But um, that's the other thing I wanted to say about as far as the missing man goes. Uh, my point about this whole segment is that unpredictability really plays a uh, an expensive factor as far as uh, funerals and and all that stuff goes. So uh, there's another uh, Clagato guy that I know of personally. He was attacked. And um, even then, right there, you know, I still got to respect the family's privacy because I don't even know exactly what was involved at the time that me and my mom went to um, pay our condolences. They were still trying to figure out what was going on. But uh, pretty much the the guy had got beaten inside his own home and he died there. And the guy that killed him, you know, they caught him and there was a female involved. They had her under custody for a little bit, but I think they might've had to release her because she didn't, she had no part in his death basically, I think. So anyways, that is like, you know, another reason why a true, true crime podcast would really help us out out here. And I did tell that to the family at the time. It was an auntie and her niece. And I said, you know, that's, this is what I'm trying to do with Clagato veterans. I'm trying to make it more innovative. I'm trying to make us, you know, um, with one step into the uh, future, basically. And I want us to be ready for anything that happens and um, any disasters, any tragedies. I want us to be right there to say, oh, look, we got you, man. You know, we're, we're all ready for it. And that's why I was just, you know, that's why I wanted to bring this up and just kind of say that as brutal as it can be sometimes, or I guess as I can be, um, I just wanted to make sure that um, some of these things, I don't make them up, man. It's, it's reality. It's life. This guy could have died from being missing and the other guy died from... I'm, I don't, don't really want to speculate, but it could have died from like a, a love triangle relationship problem thing. So anyways, so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and um, uh, move on to the next segment. This one is going to be about World War Three. This is, should be a pretty good one for segment three. And here we go. Mm-hmm. 